0: THE FOLLOWING PROGRAM IS SPONSORED BY FRIENDS OF LIFE OUTREACH INTERNATIONAL. COMING UP ON LIFE TODAY, BETH MOORE ENCOURAGES US ALL TO BE BUILT TOGETHER.
1: ALL A SCATTERED STONE CAUSES PEOPLE TO DO IS STUMBLE OVER IT. I LISTEN, WE HAVE A NAME FOR STONES THAT ARE ERECTED SEPARATELY IN THE SAME FIELD, AND IT IS CALLED A CEMETERY. ANYBODY? BECAUSE THAT'S WHAT HAPPENS if you've got one field that has a whole lot of stones but they're not together
0: next
2: It is such a privilege to be here with all of you and to come into your home or wherever you're watching. I'm James Robinson. Betty, my wife, and I welcome you to life today. We have a Wednesday's in the Word emphasis, which Beth Moore, of course, inspired as you watched her for so many years, and then she began to encourage us to get others to also teach on this day because she said it's such a wonderful opportunity to share those who have a gift God's given them and they want to share. And Beth said, I want to help all of those who have this divine enabling share. And she is actually teaching right now today a series talking about how we're built together. And Betty, she's talking about something you hear me talk a lot about, and that's the body of Christ fitting together all the unique parts and submitted to the head, but being built up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Uh, as a matter of fact, she shared a, a, her own blog, and we put it on the stream, and it, we just went orbital but she was talking about going forward. And it was the longest article that's ever been on the stream because it's kind of a relevant news deal, an inspirational piece, and we touch all the nerves that need to be touched and give people inspiration. But it was so powerful that it just, its kind of like a, a great message heard around the world. And, and she's caught up in seeing the body of Christ healed and seeing the prayer of Jesus answered. And you're going to hear and see a little of that for sure in what she's sharing. So here's Beth Moore. Would you welcome Beth? Here she is.
1: to 18 of Ephesians chapter 2. Listen to this. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But look at these next words. This is so beautiful in verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Push hold a moment. Now, in this context, he is talking about Jew and Gentile. He is talking about the people of the country. Of, of the covenants of promise, um, the the, um, Jewish people uh, through the centuries um, when he called out Abraham and made and brought about a people uh, through his line, and then all of those who would come that might be from the other nations, but they would come to believe in the one true God um, of the Hebrew people. He's talking about them and the Gentiles who would come to know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they have had the dividing wall of hostility. One of the parallels that's being drawn is this dividing wall uh, that was around uh, the temple where uh, the Gentiles could not pass. They, could, I mean, literally, they, even, I mean, they could not pass for fear of death um, through that um, partition to go into where the others were because they were not one of them. But through Christ, the two have been made one. Through Christ, the dividing wall of hostility had been uh, broken. Broken down, and through the cross, he'd kill that hostility. Look at verse 17. And he came and preached peace to you who are far off, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, he says, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Listen, listen. If the cross did that with Jew and Gentile, are you telling me that in the very body of Christ, we cannot understand that, according to the scriptures, we have been made one body, and that in that unity there is a glory that is meant to be displayed, and a, a worldwide fame that is meant to be um, to reverberate that can only come from us coming together in a spirit of unity. Now this word hostility got me over and over again. Did you notice that it says thereby killing the hostility? Did you notice that it said that he um, in verse 14 that he, and 15 that he broke down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Think about that word hostility. I looked it up in the Greek and in the Greek, that word hostility is coming from a word that means to be at enmity. And it's coming from a word that means enemy. In other words, hostility is how you would treat someone if they were your enemy. But what I want to suggest to you is that we're treating some of our own brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ like they are our enemies, our own family members, When only together, I mean, we're being built together into this temple that parallels what we saw in 1 Chronicles 22, the grandeur of which would be beyond compare on planet Earth. And we've got all this hatred and hostility, treating one of our own as an enemy. Now, let me tell you something. What we're not talking about is, is respectful disagreement Um, There is a place, I believe strongly that there is a place for healthy debate in in the body of believers and among theologians and scholars, uh, among uh, different um, uh, uh, parts of the body where they're coming together with understanding of interpretation of Scripture. I believe in all that. That's important. We cannot just not question. Questions are good. Uh, Disagreements can be healthy because they can bring us to understanding. But let me tell you something. Hostility is completely out of place. Comple- at no time, at no time is it appropriate in the body of Christ. At no time do we treat our own family member with enmity. I thought it was interesting when I looked up the Greek word for hostility that the antonym, the opposite word for the Greek word for hostility is agape. It's love. It's love. The second word it gave as the um, synonym or as the antonym for the word um, that translates hostility was brotherly love. These are opposite terms. And I started thinking to myself, we are called to build. Now stay with me here. And let me see if I can explain this well, because I saw it so clearly in, in my imagination as I was reading through it. Jesus has torn down the dividing wall between us. But instead of us being over here building the temple, we are trying to build back up the wall. Does that make any sense to anybody? We are literally using our life, blood, and energy so often in the body of believers to rebuild a wall of hostility that the cross of Jesus Christ killed anybody getting that with me? We got all this building we're supposed to be doing over here, but instead of building the temple, we're trying to build back the wall that was crushed and crumbled by the cross of Christ. And it is, it's tragedy. It's tragedy and it was, it's so ironic that this is where our energies are so often going. The enormous price Jesus paid to kill hostility and we are trying to give it CPR. Anybody know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe not we in this room, but we've seen it. All of us have seen it. We've seen it all over the body of Christ. And the thing about it, that w- with social media, you might say to me, it's always been true. Of course it's always been true. But listen, we have never been on the public display that we are now before the rest of the globe because they can watch us be hateful to one another. I mean, why in the world would they be drawn to an environment where we are this hateful when their enemy out in the world does not treat them as poorly as sometimes our own family member in the body of Christ will treat us. It's just very, very convicting to me to see how much time we're given to hostility instead of the building of the temple itself. There's this gorgeous scripture, jot down the address if you want to, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. First Corinthians 14, 12. Um, uh, some um, months ago, I committed it to memory and I say it over and over again because I just love it. It says this So, with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. I love that because anybody but me, I, I want manifestations of the Spirit. I want us to come together in our churches and in our in our events where um, Christ is exalted and where we worship and praise and where we get into His Word and and bring it forth um, in the authority um, with which He inspired it. I love that kind of environment. I want the Spirit to be manifest among us and in, in lives that have been dramatically delivered and and captives being set free and salvation coming to the lost and hearts and lives being put back together. I want manifestations of the Spirit. But 1 Corinthians 14, 12 says, listen, it, since you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, I'll tell you how to do it. Strive to excel in building up the church. What would happen if we decided this is where we wanted to strive to excel? That I want to be a builder. I don't want to be somebody that tears down. And again, that doesn't mean we don't disagree. It doesn't mean we don't confront. It doesn't mean we don't go speak the truth in love, but it means as we do it, we do it with respect as fellow family members, and we don't tear one another apart. Anybody stepping in that with me? Because let me tell you something, hostility has no place in the body of Christ. It is not of God. Luke 19, 41 through 44. Now, this is going to be in reference to, to Herod's temple, uh, which was, of course, the temple in the time when Christ walked in flesh and blood on this earth. So he says in Luke um, 19, verse 41, and when he, this is Christ, drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. Verse 44 and tear you down to the ground. Everybody say, tear you down to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Listen carefully because that wording is so important. He's giving um, a prophetic word to them. He said, this is what's going to happen with this temple because he's coming down that mountain. He's looking straight at it. All this gorgeous, gorgeous majesty. They said with Herod's temple that with um, the, the coloring of it, that when that sun would come up and hit it. I mean, it would be a brilliance that would almost be blinding. So this gorgeous, gorgeous building, and he's looking straight across at it. He just begins weeping and weeping going, do you not understand that because you missed the time of your visitation that this will be taken from you? And A stone will not be left on another. Let me read that to you again. It says in verse 44, because this is so important, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Stick with me here. Stick with me. Think think really carefully about this that a few decades later, this happened exactly like Jesus prophesied that it would in A.D. 70. And, And so we're told the stones didn't just like disintegrate into thin air. What happened to them? Well, they fell apart. They were useless because they were not built together. A temple, see, once the stones fall apart, the building is of no further use for the gathering place, that it was purposed. Only together did the stones build anything that God could dwell within. Is that is that sticking with everybody? So see, the big, big, big phrase in Ephesians 2.22 is that you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, are being built together. Everybody say that phrase. Being built
2: together.
1: We are being <laughs> built together. See, scattered stones don't build anything. When you and I, when, when we as the people of God on this globe are just scattered stones, we're all just doing our own thing, we're all just getting more and more detached, uh, getting further and further from body of believers because one thing, we can't find a perfect one. It all seems like they're hypocrites. We don't like this about them or we don't like that about them. In any way, I can get all my lessons or I can get all my sermons on my phone now. All these reasons why we could just be scattered stones. But the more scattered we are, all we call, all a scattered stone causes people to do is stumble over it. That's what the world is doing. We're, we are so many scattered stones that the world is stumbling over us going, who would want to be part of them? Anybody agreeing with me on this? Uh, listen, we have a name for stones that are erected separately in the same field, and it is called a cemetery, Anybody? Because that's what happens if you've got one field that has a whole lot of stones, but they're not together. Then they're all out. Then what you've got there is a cemetery. And that's what happens. Is that we're just a dead child. I mean, we're alive in Christ. But as far as our impact is concerned, a living, breathing, colorful impact of the Holy Spirit among us on this planet. We just become dead in our scattering, a stumbling um, stone. We become a cemetery. Listen, listen, listen. Here's the other thing. We're thinking that we've got this whole idea, especially with all this celebrity Christianity, that we think that it's all about becoming rock stars. We are not rock stars. We are rock stacks. Anybody getting this with me? It's not one rock. It is... It's stone on stone on stone on stone, called to be rock stacks, not rock stars. Anybody remember, if you were part of our series toward the beginning um, of it, we talked about Solomon's name, Shalomo, um, in, in Hebrew, a, a word that means peace and a word that means intact. Listen, in the body of Christ... When he wants to speak peace over us. If you'd only known what would bring, bring you peace, to speak peace over us. Listen, we cannot be intact without contact. Anybody? Listen, because we think, well, I'm doing fine all by myself. That's not what the scripture says. That literally you cannot fulfill your calling and I cannot fulfill my calling without what other believers that God intended to put in our sphere of influence, what what they invest in it, that I get something from you and you get something from me that builds us up in our calling. That at a as a body of believers, this is how we function. But if we just all find a place like we we don't have to do that anymore, I can get that all by myself, then all we become is a field full of scattered stones and we just cannot let that happen.
2: Beth, you just uh, you talk about hitting it right in the center of the target. You know, several years ago uh, and and really in prayer uh, the Lord revealed to me with deep uh, conviction that uh, the day of the somebodies Uh, NEEDS TO DIMINISH, AND IT NEEDS TO BE THE DAY OF THE BODY OF CHRIST. IF WE UNDERSTAND SCRIPTURE CORRECTLY, AND I CERTAINLY THINK YOU DO, AND uh, HOPEFULLY MANY DO, THE ONES PLACED IN THE CHURCH, apostle PROPHET, EVANGELIST, PASTOR, TEACHER, ALL OF THESE WHO ARE GIFTED UNIQUELY ARE THERE TO BUILD UP THE BODY OF CHRIST, AS EPHESIANS uh, TELLS US, INTO THE FULLNESS OF THE STATURE OF CHRIST. And so thank you for your entire emphasis. And I I want you to know that you've been such a blessing to us. You know, Betty, Beth started going to the mission fields with us years ago. She and Keith, her husband, and Living Proof Ministries, they've always helped us. And I want to say to all of you who watch, you are so, in my opinion, important in in the body of Christ, being built up, these living stones. And one of the things that you do so well is when you see a need... When you see someone that's hurting, like the Samaritan finds the one who's beaten and you get involved, you don't just walk by going to church. If you see a need you can meet, you do it. Realizing, if I've done it to the least of these, Betty, we've in fact done it to Jesus. I want you to look in and see some precious children and see if you don't want to do something, what we call shoes and smiles for Christmas, we're going to give children shoes. Well, what about a miracle smile? I think this is going to capture your heart and your attention, and you're going to meet a need. Watch.
3: From your family to our family, your generosity has empowered life's mission efforts around the world, and the look on these children's faces make the impact obvious. It's in the smile of Mateo as he receives a bowl of food made possible by your giving or of Gabriella as she quenches her thirst from a clean water well that you helped drill. You could even say you make it your business to give children smiles. Well, this Christmas, we'd like to give a smile to someone who might not easily be able to smile otherwise. You see, all over the world, there are children who have trouble smiling because they were born with a cleft lip or palate. But a simple surgery by loving doctors can radically transform the appearance of children like these and greatly improve their quality of life. But they won't be the only ones smiling this Christmas. Because with your help, we also want to give a brand new pair of shoes to children who have never had them.
1: Uh, you can see all of the little ones. Uh, honestly, the smiles on their faces is so exciting to be a part of this. You can look around at all all of the children in this village, and most of them are without shoes. They could lose their very lives because of an infection that they could get on their feet.
3: Help make this Christmas special for a child like this. Help us provide Christmas shoes and smiles.
2: You know, I wish we could just give you a series of those little pre and then post-surgical Procedures just to show you how you can brighten a child's countenance and their face and their family. And, you know, I don't think there's a single one of you, I know with Betty and me, when we look and we see what we have seen up close and personal so many times, you can't see that and not want to assist, alleviate the pain. I think that's really the heart of people. I think we just have to do it appropriately. And one of the things I say over and over is you, you really assist the suffering effectively only if there's a compassion connection. You can't just take and distribute, like you're throwing money at an unhittable target. It just doesn't work. It, it depletes everything, and it's ineffective. Love never fails. Compassion is effective. It's, 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 it's expressing the love of God in action. And Betty, I'm believing that our viewers right now today and we're coming to the end of this emphasis. We're gonna have enough of the support to buy the 200,000 pairs of shoes and I hope give scores of surgeries. And those are $500 each. I ask our viewers, as you know, to give $1,000. And I will just simply say today that we're gonna give another two surgeries. You good with that? And we'll be giving some more shoes and we've already done that. But right now, just saying, I want to do it. I just looked at those kids and I said, I want to give a couple more kids smiles like that. I want to, I want to correct that situation. It'll make their parents happy and everybody. And it's love. It's an expression of love. And the missionary is going to tell them where the love source is and the inspiration for love. It's God's love. And it's poured out through us. And Betty and I can do something, but we can't give the 200,000 pair of shoes or all the surgeries. So you participate. You can go to lifetoday.org and make your gift. Use your bank card like a check. Always use it that way. Or you can uh, call the phone number that you see there and use your bank card. Or you can text. You have the ability. There's so many amazing things you can do now. With an iPhone or pad, you you can actually text and we'll give you the form there that you can fill out. So if you want to give, you've got an opportunity. Father, I pray you place the desire there. I want to give a smile. I want to give some shoes. I want to express your love. I want to support the mission outreach. And God, give them excitement and zeal for it in Jesus' name. Would you right now make that special gift? We want to send you some beautiful little Christmas shoes, some little ornaments that you can put on the tree. We make a gift of $100 or more. Remember, $36 gives 10 children a pair of shoes, $144, 40 children a pair of shoes, And we're sending the little uh, shoe this year to say thanks for any gift that you make. Or we send you the four of the previous years plus this year's if you make the gift of $100. And we're going to be giving to all these precious little children, some of them tiny little shoes, and adjustable shoes for all of them. And that's going to be a a tremendous gift for Christmas. We need your help now. So make that gift. And we're going to send an expression of thanks to you. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for making that call, making that gift.
0: Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes, and while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pairs. And a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel please call, write, or make your gift online today.
2: I hope you get not just this little shoe for the gift, but know you're giving shoes and you're giving smiles. And, uh, you know, we're getting the end of, toward the end of this uh, emphasis. And those 200,000 pairs of shoes, could you give 40 with for that special gift? And would you give a smile? Would you pray about giving two smiles? Make that special gift. Thank you so much for watching. And all of you, thanks for being with us. God bless you. Tell your friends to watch life today, every day.
0: Tomorrow, Sheila Walsh challenges us to spend five minutes with Jesus.
3: But there's nothing that will change you more than the Word of God.
0: Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.